Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby Keg Podcast, episode, episode 520. Mitch, Charlie are with you. We are Packer Bears deep diving. We're also going to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. The panic button, it's we're hovering. Or are we just in a little bit of a, a down period? I think we could feel either way. And then Badgers, Washington State, not to be forgotten in the college football games, also happening this weekend. We'll talk about that and how much pressure is on the Badgers to beat the Cougars. And yeah, a lot of stuff today. Loaded show. Excited to be with the people. Uh, Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Getting ready to uh, head up to Green Lake, see our good friend Mike get married tomorrow or today. Yes. Um, people are asking if we're doing a live pod at the Heidel House bar um, after rehearsal. Um, no, no word yet on if we we got the booking for that. Yeah, the we have not discussed the talent fee with the uh, no. the overhead people up there yet. So yeah, it's, I don't know. It, yeah. it's, it seems at this point, it seems like it might be out of the cards. It's just you'd like to have that hashed out before you left town. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like ESPN and Spectrum. You know, we're just kind of miles apart and we're just, we just yeah. want different things. We're, we're, and... yeah, I mean, we're, we're both dug in and yeah. <laughs> the only people that gets hurt is the listeners, Charlie. <laughs> you bet. You bet. But for the listeners, I do have a show on Friday solo uh, breaking down the betting lines. For both uh, Scott, uh, Green Bay and and uh, the Badgers, so that is there for you. So wow. this is while this is my last one that I've taped, I've already taped that. Uh, it'll go live uh, Friday morning, so that'll be there for the people. So that's just just grinding as usual. Hey, hey man, uh, it's football season, right? Like you can't, I know. if it was uh, a random Friday in July, there's no way my ass would have done another pod. I would just said, yeah, fuck it, I'll, I'll do right. three pods this week. Well, or whatever it may be, but yeah, it's it's that it's that time of the year. Exactly, and I sit here as we record. NBC has an NFL kickoff eve show, yeah. like as as if we're not going to have a fucking three hour pregame show tomorrow. No, for the first game of the year, right? And, it, I mean, get ready. it is just, it is just, we are totally out of control in this country. Oh, I agree. And, and we I, are I, totally I, out of control. With, I, with I think. I think it has gotten to a point. It kind of has gotten to like this breaking point. Like I've seen a couple TikToks of like people being like talking to my wife or my fiance about how like I have to be on my couch all day Sunday and, and like I can be uninterrupted. Yeah, I'm like, I see that stuff too. And I'm dude, I mean, like, dude, like shut the that's, fuck up. That's, I know that's it's per- performative, but right. I mean, right. It's uh, you know, anything to get clicks, but I don't know. I mean, I guess, and a one-hour program, NFL kickoff eve. I mean, it is in the eight o'clock slot here, uh, yeah. but it'll probably do better than I don't know. Well, the third also, hour of America's Got Talent. You also have to remember we have a writer strike and an actor strike going on right now, so the the amount of con new content that's available in LA is few and far between. Like CBS is running Yellowstone on their major network because they have nothing else. So after I think after their uh, primetime game, the Eagles uh, Philly, they're running Yellowstone. So it's like they, there's nothing right now happening in terms of yeah. acting and what's going on. Well, so that could be part of it. That's why you have these kickoff eves and this weird stuff. And yeah, I I think it's a little overblown. Um, I'm certainly excited. I'm certainly you know going to watch when we get done with all of our rehearsal stuff. I certainly have an opinion on the game. But yeah, I I personally sometimes have trouble 
sitting through like a full day of NFL. I think partly because, and we've talked about this in the past, but like partly because it is, I don't have the Sunday ticket and that the games aren't on all the channels. It's not like college football where if you have one or two bad games that you, that you plan to watch, but then this other game is good. You're locked in on that. And then that's what you stick on. And then you're like, Oh, it's a great day of college football. I did nothing but watch college football all day it's just easier to watch it because you have multiple options. So you're never bored. You know, if there are close games pretty much from start to finish on a college football Saturday. Yeah. There's, there's, I guess more to, more to pick from on a Saturday, but you know, you could do it. I've done it, you know, NFL. I mean, especially week one where you get like, I feel like you get more games week one, you get like the double double headers and you get Thursday, probably get Saturday eventually. And, uh, on on opening week maybe not well but yeah thursday's a regular thing now too where it wasn't necessarily yeah Yeah, they open up yeah and i like that i think that this is probably the best day for thursdays the the fact that you have the super bowl champion kind of getting that day to sort of bask in it um you know i think the nba does that a little bit sometimes i think denver might actually be on the road weirdly enough against the lakers are they home that first game i hope they're home the first game but it's like I, I, think I think it's home. Yeah, I, I like the idea of giving, you know, that team who just won the sort of glory and the fans kind of get to relive it. You know, we we did it with the Bucks, right? We had that we had that moment and I we had friends who went to the Packers Saints, you know, Thursday night game and that they talked about how awesome that was. And yeah, I just think it's a special energy. And that's also why you don't see a lot of road teams coming in to the home city and winning, right? And I mean, you saw it with the Bills and the Rams, but the Rams don't barely have fans, right? Um, so that's part of it. And I, I still, I still like the Chiefs tonight, even if Kelsey doesn't play. I, I think, I just, I, I don't trust that Lions defense. Yeah, especially. I mean, and, and Jared Goff on the road in, you know, conditions. You know, I know Ben. Everyone's, you know, sucking Lions dick, but I just, I can't, can't get that personally. Yeah, I think it could be, could be pretty ugly. I hate to I hate to go chalk there, but I right. I'm sitting here watching this. They showed Arrowhead. I was like, man, that place is gonna be fucking rocking. Oh yeah, and that is that is a a lot to ask for Detroit. I mean, I know everybody's excited about them because they beat a bad Packers team to end the year and right. last year, and that's that's the lasting image. And um, Dan Campbell, the whole deal. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. It's also Dan Campbell versus Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid will put Dan Campbell in a locker. Like Dan Campbell will do like three dumb things that everybody's tweeting about in the first half because Andy Reid outsmarted him. Like mm-hmm. that's you know, that's kind of like the Craig Council versus David Ross manager matchup. Like one guy man like runs his team on emotions, the other one's like very tactical and analytical about like his decision making. So I think that's a massive edge too. But we're not here to preview the Chiefs and Lions. You probably get that hundred places uh we're here to obviously talk about the packers and bears i think a game that is getting sort of slept on a little bit um nationally i think that obviously locally everybody's fired up everybody's excited fan bases have been going at it on social media i think the fact that the brewers and cubs are in a pennant race has added you know a little more heat weirdly because i think that's just another thing to talk about between these two Mm -hmm. fan bases and I, I think everybody's ready. And I, I do think that this is a game that means more on like Twitter fingers and TikTok 
than it does actually in in real life. Um, it's week one, and mm-hmm. we there's so many times in week one where stuff happens and it just does not correlate to the rest of the season, and it doesn't make sense. And we're like, well, I can't believe that happened, or even four weeks later. And so, as much as I like want to be excited about it, and I do, and I I am really excited to see how it all plays out. There's a part of me that knows, like, no matter the outcome, good or bad, and I'm mostly saying this for bad, but it's like it doesn't it doesn't exactly, you know, define the season. And I think there needs to be a little bit of that from the, the Packer fan base to remind themselves, even though they, they hate the Bears and don't want to see the Bears fail. I, I mean, I think this is as big a week one game I can remember. OK, um, so you, did, I so know, you I mean, did disagree a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's. I think Packer fans have for years have had their sights set a little higher than beating the bears. Mm-hmm. And I think just now with Rogers leaving bears fans have gotten much more braggadocious over the last six months or well, God, it hasn't even been that. It's only been, well, yeah, it's been yeah. like five, four, four or five months. And, uh, but I mean, we, we've known for six months and um, you know, so now I think the playing field is a little more level. Um, now, you know, before the game, it's a little more level. That will obviously change with what happens on Sunday. I'm afraid that, yes, there is going to be a huge overreaction to this, to the outcome of this game, yep. um, de- depending on who wins and how much they win by and how they look. And, you know, the Bears – Bears fans have dealt with a lot from the quarterback position the last 30 years where the Packers have had about as stable a situation as you can have. And they think that it's, that it's kind of their turn. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, Jordan Love looked decent in preseason, but I, I still am, am not going to go all the way in and say he's going to be a pro bowler and um, a top 10 quarterback at some point. I just think it's pumped the brakes a little with the preseason stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, how, how are those two guys going to look is, is easily the biggest question. Yeah. And I, I wonder, I kind of wonder, you know, with love, if the preseason actually was a detriment in terms of the excitement, because like we've had for so many years, you're zigging the zagging and zigging the zag. Yeah. A little bit like for so long, we didn't see Aaron Rodgers and we didn't see what Aaron Rodgers looked like in preseason or very limited. And we just had to go off of Domofsky and Wildy and Schneidman's tweets about what Rogers was in practice. And that was it. And we, that we kind of ate our food and, and enjoyed it. Now we watched Jordan love. We actually got to see it. We got to see a lot mm-hmm. of these guys play and it, it leveled up the excitement and it leveled it up. And I, I do wonder if that there's a little bit of maybe setting yourself up for failure. I do think Jordan love has a pose pose, poise I was, had trouble getting that out about him I think that he has the locker room I do think that they want to win for him I, I think that's abundantly clear to me I think everything you read is that they they want to do this for Jordan I I think there is to your point kind of arguing against myself a little bit there is a win one for Jordan in this game specifically that we just want to show like yeah that we're not we're not going to be, you know, the Packers. We're not a rebuilding team. We're not this team who was defined by Aaron Rodgers. Uh, David Bakhtiari was talking to Matt Schneidman today 
and they kind of had this quote to sum it up. Um, I, I'd like to see that we're, I like, I think he said, I like to say, but it says, see, um, I'd like to see that we're a young team that doesn't know shit about that. And everyone counts us out and that's great. But a relentless, a young, relentless team that's going to beat you to a fu- fucking pulp and not quit because they're too young to fucking know any better. That's what I'd like to see. That's a winning recipe for a young team. That's what I love seeing about this team. That's the identity and recipe that I see as a successful Green Bay Packer team for 2023. I mean, I want to run through a wall. Like, that's, yeah, I, I mean, that, say, that's that, to just that, the, the, the F-bombs are are really, really driving it home, too. Yeah, David Bakhtiari, elite swear. Like, yeah, very, he like, he, he just knows knows where to place him. Doesn't really care that he's talking to the media. Um, athletic. So- Athletic bleeps him out. I don't know why. Um, you know, what? not not needed. We're all adults here. But what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, Packers are the youngest team in the NFL. I think that has been yep. has been confirmed. It's not by like a huge margin or anything, but um, I don't know. NFL is a young man's game. It's it's um, I don't know. Like, there's no one position where they're super super inexperienced, other than quarterback. I'd say. Mm-hmm. which is obviously pretty important. Um, but yeah, I mean, that quote from Bakhtiari definitely will, I think is, is the idealistic um, thing, which obviously he's a player on the team and you'd expect no less. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I think it's, you know, it's the combination of, even though it is a young team, there's still a lot of older talent. If that makes sense. Guys who've been there before, your Kenny Clarks, your Jairs, yeah. your, Devondre Campbell's, your um, Aaron Jones, like those guys have all been in the the shit. Elton right. Jenkins, you know, it's like so they know what it's like, and I think the well, combination and, of and that, like, what's interesting is, yes, Kenny Clark has has had, he's got what probably six years now. Yeah, he's only twenty seven. I mean, right. So he's, maybe he's maybe maybe, maybe the better stat is not just raw age, but like combined years or something like for average players that would be actually an interesting interesting look at we might have to get it on that because that that would be a very interesting way to look at this Packers team and see you know how much veteran quote-unquote leadership there is if you define a veteran by three years right say three plus years how many of those guys are on on the Packers roster despite well despite their age and just like Rashawn Gary was drafted at 21 he's 25 now he's got four years in Right, Van, uh, Van Ness, Ness was also tw- is also twenty one years old, and incidentally, Kenny Clark was twenty one when he got drafted. So, right. I mean, there's a theme there, right? Certainly, it seems like with the defensive line or the you know the, the front seven types, they're they're taking twenty one year olds, and these yeah. guys are still have a, they have a long prime. So, yeah, I mean, they're a young team, but again, they have some of their star players are are still very young, but also have a number of years in the league. Yeah, and I I wonder, you know, I this whole season is uh is Brian Gunacus's masterpiece. This is now like this is what Goody this always envisioned, right? And like I don't think he'd get fired if it all went to shit, but I I do think like this is what he had envisioned for this team, and will because he always drafts young. Besides Devontae Wyatt, like other than that, like he has drafted young, 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 and this is what's led it there. And he was said, I think last week, where he's like, I'm, I wasn't trying to make a young team. I just, we were too slow. We had to get fast. We need athleticism. And that's how we did it. And which is something I think all of us noticed. We all saw it. So it's, it's very, it's very interesting to see. I, I think that 
you sold me that this matters a little bit more. Maybe that I'm trying to do like some early cope in case the Packers lose. Yeah. But I'm like, you know. Well, don't get me wrong. It'll be, it'll be crazy. I'm not crazy. It'll be um, unbearable if the Bears win, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be like 30 years of pain coming out. And the, there, I mean, there might be a parade in uh in chicago if if they win after the game i mean they're they're going to be celebrating till till sunset right on sunday and packer fans will be distraught right especially too if you know the cubs were also take over the 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 lead in the nl central you know you do set yourself up for a disaster disaster weekend like there that is in the background and badgers losing in washington state like it could get really nasty this weekend potentially that's looming that's there i don't i'm an optimist and i'll say it won't happen but i will tell you right now i will guarantee this stone cold lock if the bears are were to beat the packers this week they are a hundred percent losing to the buccaneers next week in tampa bay <laughs> no question no question that will that will be wagered on that will be in picks leagues like no question about it like absolutely 100 percent just send in, send in the, the, the mortgage and <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I just, that's, that screams let down. I also worry about that for the Packers and Falcons. Um, but that's, it's another story for next week. Um, if Packers do win. All right. So we're doing things a little bit differently. Um, you know, we've kind of talked more at the high level and, you know, we last year did a lot of importance rankings, which I do all the time. Um, it's my go-to, I think segment topic. Um, and we're not doing it this week. Uh, we're changing it up. Have a few things that we are we're trying out. Um, it's this is a work in progress. Uh, so bear with us. If you have any feedback, you can always hit us up. Tab and Keg on Twitter, Mitch Ross MKE on Twitter, or Tab and Keg Sports on Instagram. Mitch is the same handle on Instagram. DMs are always open. So we start with questions. You asked, you know, the question earlier about you know fields and love. I think my big question is just: Are the two wide receivers going to play? And how do the Packers adapt if they don't? Um, so two questions in one, but, you know, you have Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson both um, on the injury report with hamstring injuries. Uh, they did not practice on Wednesday. Um, how, where, where is your concern level um, as we tape Wednesday night and for, for Thursday? Well, I mean, that's obviously not good for those guys to be <laughs> – down I, I don't know with the depth would be in serious trouble I think mm-hmm. with both those guys not playing then what are you looking at Jaden Reed is your number one receiver yeah Samari and... Torrey probably gets bumped up a little bit just because he knows the offense a little bit more than Jaden Reed or Malik Heath or or Don Traven Wicks but Wicks also has a also right, has a he's answer. on there too Maybe you add somebody from uh, the practice squad, Grant Grant DeBose from Charlotte, the seventh round pick. I mean, it, yeah, it would be it'd be very ugly. I mean, and it would be put a lot of pressure on Jordan Love early and not make yeah, things easy. Right. And you'd have to rely a ton on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones becomes the focal point of the offense if he's not already. Um, it is going to be heavy Aaron Jones in the pass game. And I think a lot more of AJ Dillon and maybe you see even some Emmanuel Wilson and you use them as sort of your running backs and Jones is used more as your wide receiver number one. And so you limit 
sort of his running touches because you need him, you know, catching out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Goddamn soft tissue injuries with the Packers. It's just I a, know. Uh, it's so, a, go ahead. The tradition, unlike any other, really. No, I mean, it's every week. Yeah. Um. Shout out, uh, Mike Demar on uh, Twitter pointed this out to me that the Packers are, let's see here, fifth, sixth in ACL tears overall since twenty from 2022 to 2013. Um, but in the last five years, or not counting this year, so 18 to 22, the Packers have eight ACL tears um, in the, those years, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Going all the way back to Jordy Nelson, probably, huh? Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just – it's been an issue for them, and they – I don't know what they're doing in terms of strength and conditioning. I don't really understand it. Um, at, at some point, when do you realize, like, hey, maybe you need to fix what you're doing or you need to change kind of how you're how you're taking care of these people's bodies? Like, I, I just can't believe that it's, it's just been the same shit every single year. And also, too, like – wouldn't you have learned your lesson from Watson and Dobbs last year, who both had soft tissue injuries? Like, hey, maybe fix that. Now, I'm sure the trainers are probably like, look, we gave them a program. They either didn't follow it or we were wrong. And that or it does just, happen. I mean, it's just you can't you can't really prepare. I don't think true. for injuries. I mean, these guys are, you know, elite athletes. I mean, it's just some bad luck, and I mean, it's got to be just freak stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, how serious they are. I mean, it's only, it's only Wednesday as we tape this. So we don't, you know, by the time you may be listening to this, we may know more on Thursday, but I mean, you know, there's still some time left for these guys, but yeah, I mean, you know, and you're talking about ACLs. I'm talking more about like, yeah, it's it's an interesting stat. I I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, it just seems like there's hamstring injuries and shit all the time. But yeah, no, I mean, you miss you miss these the, the wide receiver depth is already, I mean, somewhat questionable to begin with, even with those guys. You know, I I would feel if one of them I'd feel okay if one of them plays more than, you know, obviously both of them. But, you know, yeah, it's gonna be huge for, for Jordan Love. It's gonna impact his, you know, everything he's everything he's done in preseason, he's pretty much had those guys and now they're gonna be gone potentially. And that's not, not the way you want to start the season for sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that, uh, you know, it was pointed out at least by Pete Bukowski that the Packers have won games when they've been down wide receivers, they beat the Cardinals and that were Sewell Douglas game where they had nobody, uh, Jones leading pass catcher, Robert Tunyon, Juwan Winfrey, uh, were your top three pass catchers in that game. Packers yeah. also uh, beat the Kansas City Chiefs on a Sunday night. Now, granted, Matt Moore was the quarterback, um, and they also beat the Cowboys in a game where they had basically no receivers. And so the Packers have done it. Matt LaFleur can really scheme it up. Like, if we really want to see Matt LaFleur's offense, we're we're going to see it. Um, in that game, But the Chiefs, by the way, Aaron Jones, leading receiver, Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard, Jimmy Grant. Like – Jeez. And then that Cowboys win that they had, it was Aaron Jones again, Jimmy Graham, Geronimo, Drip Drop Allison, um, number three. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, those are those are some wild names. I mean, they've you, you had, might be yeah. 
they've had just sicko wins when they've uh when when they've they've needed it and it's well just... and that was that was the thing with Devonte right that you t- you referred to the Arizona game two years ago right yeah where everyone was freaked out because they were down like their top three receivers as a COVID like, well, well the Packers are nine and zero without Devonte Adams in the in the starting lineup and sure as shit they won and Arizona was undefeated at the time broke Arizona um, they were never the same team after that I was saying how how long ago that. That seems to be, even though that was a year and a half ago um, or whatever, a season and a half ago. So, um, wow. Yeah, the, the mighty have fallen in Arizona. Right. right. What do you what, – what what other questions are you uh, you thinking about as you head into this game? Uh, I think for me uh, another big one is how will Joe Barry and the Packers defense game plan scheme and slow down Justin Fields – I think more so with the rushing attack mm-hmm. just because that's what we've seen Justin Field do at, at Justin Fields do at an elite level um, in the NFL passing game is a work in progress. Now, wouldn't it be some shit though, if, if it was indeed the passing game that Jordan, and I, I think that would be really where Packer fans deep down would, would, would get hurt the most is if, is if Justin Fields threw for 300 yards and then ran oh, for yeah. hundred or something. I mean, oh yeah, that's not. Even... I think if I think if he ran for hundred and fifty, you'd be you'd be pissed, obviously. And but if he held him to like under hundred yards passing, which isn't unheard of for Fields, no. if you go if you look at last year's game logs, um, he'd probably live with it. He'd probably win the game. Yeah. Um, but you know, I compare, um, containing a running quarterback or any quarterback for that matter. It's very similar to like defending three point shooting in the NBA. Oh, it's like analogy. at at some point, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you know, in the NFL, it's it's brutal when you have a team in third and long, and you see more of it now. Happened all year, all game last year in Philly for the Packers, mm-hmm. where you know how many times they have them in third and long, and then Jalen Hurts oh, takes off for a 17 yard gain, and right. it's like you can you can probably try to defend you know you can double spy a quarterback or something but like a guy like that's going to get out and it's like in the nba like you could be up by six with a minute left and some fucker's going to hit like a, a logo three and all of a sudden <laughs> you lose you know right. because they, they they flipped it but that's just anyway so you know a third and long situation running quarterback obviously back breaking if you can't get off the field mm-hmm. and those guys who are elite athletes, your Jalen Hurts is your Josh, your Justin, Josh Fields, your Justin Fields. <laughs> those guys are, uh, are, you know, that's their, you know, Hurts has shown, Oh I, yeah. I, forgive me. He's shown that he's been able to, he no. could throw the ball last year. So, right. But, and, and oh, that's yeah. what people are kind of expecting is some sort of Jalen Hurts jump from fields. And I ain't going that far, but no, I, just like what, what the hell is Joe Barry going to do? Is he going to earn his paycheck? And, right. and we'll see. Yeah, is he gonna is he going to dial it up? It, you know, Kenny Clark was adamant that things are going to be different. We've heard it, you know, and I, I I'm not taking the cheese. I think none of us are. I think we all have got blitzing to that point. blitzing fields would be very scary to me. I as long as you have a plan of contain. If you're blitzing fields, I actually think if you say, all right, we're going to send an extra guy off the edge, but we're going to have Quay Walker as the spy. And Quay Walker will always kind of be the spy of Justin Fields. 
And then to throw them off the scent, we're going to have Quay as the blitzer, and one of the edge guys will end up being the spy and keeping contain. I think when it comes to a running quarterback, I agree with your analogy. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's spot on. I don't hear that enough. I think people will steal that from you. But, like, I I just had to – you just have to make sure that, like, everybody is playing smart football. And parts of last year with the Packers, especially as it got down the stretch and a little bit before they got hot, is they played really dumb. Like, they just would do dumb shit. And against the running quarterback, you have to keep your composure and you have to be fundamentally sound. And yeah. you've you've had all training camp to prepare for this. They, you know, I, I, we talked, I used the example of Notre Dame and Navy. Like you get the whole summer to prepare for the triple option. You have the whole summer to prepare for Justin Fields. There's kind of no excuses. If you struggle against Atlanta's run game next week, which we'll talk about next week, that's a little bit of a different story. You know, and that's not that's a little different because you don't have as much. That's a week to prepare. You have a little bit of tape. This is entirely different. And, you know, I don't expect Luke Getze to have a bunch of brand new plays just because DJ Moore is there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe they yeah. the best receiver they've had in a while. Oh, for sure. And I I think, you know, one of my questions kind of in this vein is like, can the Packers take advantage of the Justin, the inevitable Justin Fields turnover? Justin Fields has turned the ball over a lot in his career. Um, yeah. Whether it's fumbles or interceptions, it has been a problem. Now, some people could argue it's the inexperience. It's the fact that he hasn't had a lot of you know, good you know, pass catchers, whatever it may be. If that trend continues and if the wide receivers are down, you have to take advantage of those. You have to make plays when they are thrown at you. I'm not saying like we need a Rasul pick six or anything, but what I am saying is if you do have the opportunity and it comes to you, pick that fucker off and get, get yourself going and make sure the Packers have short fields. And that's how you win a game without your three, you know, two, three of your wide receivers. Well, and, and fields is obviously known to take a sack prone to take a sack. I mean, oh yeah. Holds he's on the he's ball. a guy that it's his biggest, probably his biggest fault. He, he tries to be a hero, and I feel like in the NFL, that I mean, you can get away with that shit at Ohio State, totally. Um, but in the NFL, it's more often than not get rid of the fucking ball and trust your weapons and your offensive line. I know it's tough to do for them, right? Um, and we'll see. The Bears do have they have a, a new, a couple new offensive linemen. We'll see what that looks like. Um, but yeah, Fields got his ass kicked last year, and a lot of it was probably a poor offensive line. But some of it is is his, you know, inexperience, or you know, just maybe one of the one of those things where he's been such a great athlete, and and you know, compared to everyone else on the field, and you can't really get away with that in the NFL. Yeah. So yes, certainly need to take advantage I, of, of turnovers. So I have the stats here. Fields has thrown six interceptions against the Packers and only four games against them since 2021. And in his career, 25 games, 21 interceptions in those games. So that's almost a pick a game. Not great. Yeah. Not, what, not what you want. So th- that moment's going to come. It's kind of like, when you watch Jay Cutler, right? And you're like, Jay's going to throw us one. Jay's going to throw us one. Kirk Cousins has a little bit of that too. When are they going to yep. throw us one? And 
you got to be ready for it and then you got to take advantage of it. And that's how, that's how you win. If you're down in terms of injuries, that's, that's how you win. And we'll, you know, we'll see if the Packers can take advantage of it. So we talk a lot about defense, you know, offensive headline that, you know, and why they win. I, I think I, I will say it's that they are able to run up and down the football field. I think that's even if Watson and, and Dobbs are healthy um, and they play, I think if the Packers, you know, will show off this running attack. And I think everybody's talking about that. And I'm ta- they're talking about, Oh, wow. We didn't realize how good of the one, two punch Jones and Dylan were and, Jordan Love doesn't have to do anything. Why were they trading for Jonathan Taylor in the first place? This Wilson kid's kind of good. Like, I think that's what they're talking about offensively um, with the Packers if, you know, they win this game. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll see what happens with how they how the Packers run the offense if if they are, you know, I mean, if they don't have Wat, Watson or Dobbs or both, you know, I would think that Matt LaFleur is going to have to adjust what he does uh, a little bit, I yep. would think, and it probably would be. But the Bears defensively, are they going to stack the box a little more with, you know, with Jordan Love? Are they going to respect him at all at this point? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll I think – We'll see. I mean, the I, Bears also, they have all four of their guys in the injury reporter on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, so, that's a good point. And, and, and one of them is Jaquan Brisker, who's kind of their – Kind of their turnover guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and you do wonder, you know, Jordan Love didn't get a, get pressured a lot during preseason. And, you know, Colin Coward obviously was grasping for straws this week and said, oh, he needs, you know, we don't know how he's like with, with pressure. And he is kind of right by that. But his first game was against freaking Steve Spagnola, who all he does is send the blitz. Like, he's engaged eight all the time. And it's that's like a hard spectrum to look at. So, I do expect some blitzing, but I wonder if those guys are out, you know, does LaFleur actually go to passing early and like a deep ball early on, you know, Luke Musgrave through the seam as expecting that the blitz is going to come to kind of just throw the, throw the bears off the scent. My fantasy team would certainly love that if, yeah. uh, because I'm yeah. looking at starting having to start Luke Musgrave. Look uh, buddy. One I- in fantasy. I picked up Jawan Johnson today because I was like, "Do I re- can I really start Sam Laporta if tra- Travis Kelsey doesn't go?" Um, Shay can curse on the Travis Kelsey, by the way. Uh, he's that guy's had some bad fantasy luck, and he drafted Kelsey first, and here we are. So mm-hmm. a guy kind of needs to like rub some sage around his computer um, and kind of fix the curse because I'm affected. <laughs> yeah, by it's, it too. well, I I mean everybody is, but. I when you're in a 14 team league, I feel like you have to draft a little differently. Totally. I feel like if I was if I was in a 10 team league, I probably wouldn't have taken Kelsey in the first round. Um, but because I might have might have got him on the way back, I don't know. But um, I don't think so. But probably not because he's probably gonna be a top 10 pick regardless. Right. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Here we go. And I know I said something to you guys about. It. I look forward to him pulling a hammy in the opener and dealing with it all season. But man, we didn't even make it to the game. No. No, you uh you put the hex on hex on early. Um yeah, sure all right. Did. So so what is is you've been talking we've been talking a lot about the defense, but I mean I think we could say that the def- defensive headline is just you know, that's the new look defense and it's this it's what we saw at the end of last season, carry over and then some. And it's the it's that defense that really we saw for the final month of the season, basically Bears game on, um, from from Joe Barry and crew. 
yeah, I mean, it, it it's going to be just getting, again, curious to see how he, how he's going to contain Justin Fields. And I think that it's, if he's able to hold him under a hundred yards rushing, I think you're doing, you're doing great there. You should win. I don't. Yeah. I mean, at that point you should win. I don't necessarily respect Justin Fields at this point. I'd certainly have to see it. Um, you know, he didn't play a ton in preseason either. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he sat out two games, right? He only played, mm-hmm. he only play one. So, you know, obviously again, just talking about injuries, you don't want to, don't want to push it, but I wouldn't say Fields is a guy that necessarily um, uh, showed an MVP caliber throwing arm at, at this point, but um, you know, you could see it, but just, I just figure out a way to, to keep that guy contained. And I, I think, I think you win if, yeah, you hold him under a hundred yards rushing. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think and that would be talked about and that what's, unfortunate for Joe Barry is like everyone be like, all right, now do it again. Face Atlanta, one of the best teams running the football. Um yeah. and de- definitely an area for Bijan to break out week one against the Carolina team where there's a lot of question marks. Brian Burns wants to get paid. He might sit out week one. Um yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy. Um, he must have saw Nick Nick he must have saw Nick Bosa get his get his bag. It was before that, but I, I can't imagine Carolina Pants fans were too happy when they saw that deal. Although Brian Burns, while good, not not Nick Bosa. Right. I Brian Burns is probably more of a one dimensional. Right. Yeah. And then I, I think from like a hot take headline where it's like, what are the, the talking heads talking about? It's just Jordan Love, right? It's whatever Jordan Love does. Oh, yeah. You know, people will zag, people will zig. It'll just it'll be silly season no matter what what happens. Um, Love will unfortunately get compared to Rodgers um, on Tuesday after the Jets play the Bills, which is unfair to him entirely, but that's just how it goes. Um, I would recommend you all take it with a grain of salt. It's good stuff to at least look in and know what they're talking about, but not let it sort of seep into your brain and not take it too seriously because they are they are really doing it for clicks and engagement, and that's all that it's about. So that's my friendly PSA uh, for all pack friends. Well, and it's funny how, yeah, I mean, we've talked how it, it's, it's gone from Jordan Love is, uh, you know, not ass, but, you know, going to struggle, going to be a bottom third quarterback. Then you see him in a couple of preseason games, and now the national hype train is has picked up and and is is has at a certainly cruising speed and i liked how how you kind of zagged a little earlier in the podcast just kind of zagging the zag and saying well you know now you're nervous because everybody's everybody's on the scent a little bit yeah i love it yeah a little bit man trying trying to hit so prediction before we go to the brewers i have packers i'm gonna say packers 24 20 um, I would I would actually thought it might be a little more high scoring if I was confident that Fields and Watt, or Watson and Dobbs are playing. Um, I just think the Packers find a way to win, even if those guys can't go or not 100%. I think they find a way to win, and they get it done. Close game, you think? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be probably, back and forth. That's, and... that's worst-case scenario for, for overreactions. Um, oh, yeah. Which I, I tend to agree it's going to be – it could be an ugly game now that I think about it. 
just the because over, the over it's under is 43 one. just to cut it. The over under is 43. So just the fact gives you a that's a about low. right. I mean, yeah, but it, it's on the low side. But I think that's about right. So I guess I they must think it's and Bears are favored by one at the moment. But I don't know if that changed with you know um, the Watson and Dobbs news. I haven't looked. So they're thinking like a twenty three twenty Bears 20, win. 20. Yeah, twenty three twenty two or no twenty three. I can do math. Uh, 22-21, I guess, in a perfect world. Yeah. I don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. So then that would be the Bears went on a two point conversion at the end of the game. That would be, (laughs) no. You you want to see me drive, you want to see me wander into greenfield traffic. That's the, that's the easiest way to do it, my man. That's a, that's a dish is nothing. Dish is (laughs) nothing. Don't talk to me. I'm going to be in the back room. Jersey Jerry, just uh, new Culver's enthusiast, Jersey Jerry. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, now I got to put my put my balls on the table here. Yeah. I'll say, I think the Packers do win. Um. I'll say, I'll go under. I'll say twenty seventeen. Okay. All right. Andrews Carlson game winning field goal. Uh, just builds the legend. Yeah. Let's do it. I I love. I love. I looked uh that would be great. I looked at it 75 and beautiful uh in Chicago, barely any wind. I think there's only about eight miles an hour of wind. So uh it looks like a beautiful day in Chicago. Jealous for those who will be in the house for it. Yeah, I mean, no excuses. No, not none at all. All right, let's move on to things that are maybe a little more nerve-wracking on both sides of the table. Uh the Milwaukee Brewers, I was already I had a topic. I taped some Brewer stuff um, for the Friday pod, and I wouldn't say that I assumed that they would win with Freddie Peralta against the bullpen game, uh, but, yeah, I, I might have, um, and that was on me. I should have known never to trust the Brewers, and I, so I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's better to be a Brewer fan than a Yankee fan in the last five games. But then when you, you know, Bill Michaels yourself and you're talking to Holly Saunders, you got to – you, you screw up some topics. So anyways, which that's a wild one to find on Twitter, by the way, um, with the Brewers and the, you know, where we are right now, um, is it, are we in like a little bit of a panic zone or are we kind of in a just chill out um, with the Brewers losing their last three or four and losing a series to Pittsburgh Pirates? I think it's more of a, more of a just chill out right now. I think that the Brewers made, some hay in the last, certainly not the way you wanted to start September, but right. August was overall a, a pretty good month mm-hmm. and they've made some hay and it's tough to, you know, in the last month they've dropped a series in Washington, mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, right. Uh, in Chicago last week, who to this, to this point is a lesser team. Yes. And but you also swept Texas, who you sent them in a free fall. Yep. And you know, so I, you know, again, it's the roller coaster. Yeah. It is you very it unfortunate time. to to lose a series with, with your three aces going in Pittsburgh, a team that has been well, now they're only ten games under five hundred. Um, they must be playing a little bit better. They are. That, They've. I mean, that, that's that's that makes me feel a little better because if they're right. if they're rolling. I mean, you're, and stupid shit always happens in Pittsburgh. You know, obviously, yeah. 
William Contreras gets called out on a ball that's six inches outside, then the game. Granted, you shouldn't have put yourself in that position. Um, Elvis Peguero continues to, you know. Yeah, he's assy. He's not the gas, good. The, the gas can is – there's there's gas trickling in the can. Yeah. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. it, the numbers are overall not horrible. But, you know, if you looked at his numbers probably a month ago, it would, you'd have felt a lot better about the guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens this weekend in New York. The Yankees kind of pulled the plug, but they swept the Astros last weekend. And right. And I'm not sure I, what they've done this week, but they were they beat the Tigers. And and that's that's the only thing that I'm kind of I'm kind of freaking out about. I agree with you on a holistic thing. Um, let's see. Did they beat the Tigers or the game still going on? Oh, hold on. Got scroll here. Uh, they won four to three against the Tigers. So they are they will be going for the sweep uh, tomorrow uh, and we'll see we'll see if they're able to able to achieve that. But yeah, the Yankees are kind of playing good baseball all of a sudden and trying to just, they have one last gasp. Um, the Marlins who the Brewers play next week are, have won six straight. They just beat the Dodgers again and the Dodgers, you know, lost two now to the Marlins. Um, then he played a national team who is struggling. And so you at least have that going for you, but you have this easy schedule supposedly. And all of a sudden all these teams are winning now and it's just annoying. And, and right. yeah, it's at some point, you know, maybe for the Yankees, it's like we wanted to hang our hat in the Astros thing. We are fired about Dominguez and Austin Wells coming up. And, you know, maybe this is kind of their last stand. But, uh, you know, that's net playing a desperate baseball team is really hard to quantify because as much as we want the Brewers to play well, like they don't want it as much as the Yankees do this weekend with the Yankees having this like very outside shot. I'm making the playoffs and that's, that scares me. And that's kind of the same shit you're dealing with the Marlins. And, you know, hopefully, you know, you get Luis Severino on, on Friday and Severino has been a gas can and hopefully you can do that. But the Yankees are six and a half out. I mean, it would really take a massive, massive month for the Yankees to sort of figure it all out. But yeah, it's, you're unfortunately kind of walking into a hornet's nest with, with New York. And the Cubs play the Diamondbacks this weekend, starting yep. on Friday, um, a night and game that, on a Friday. No, it's a one twenty, I believe. Um, I'm looking right at it, six forty. It must be on Apple TV or something. No, maybe they switched that. That was supposed to be a a day game. They must have had to had to move that around. But yeah, um, the, you do have a Diamondbacks team that's desperate. They're a half game back right. the Marlins. Um, so yeah, the Cubs are should be in the same spot. You got it at, you know, Wrigley Field is such an advantage. I don't want to talk about luck anymore. I think it's been overdone on both sides of that house, but they do have a real advantage in Wrigley Field. And, you know, they'll be getting away from Wrigley after this weekend. And that that's, I think, where you're going to see it. Like, I, I think even if it's disaster weekend, we talked about earlier in the pod, I still don't know if I'm freaking out because then they have to go to Colorado and Arizona and, I know Colorado's bad, but that's that's just a tough place to play. Um, no matter what, it's a it's a difficult place to play, and you know that's a that could easily easily where things could go off the rails for Chicago. Right. I just and I don't I, I don't think the Cubs pitching is all that great. So no, and um, I just I just can't believe that they're gonna play this high a clip for the rest of the year. Like at some point, it's gonna kind of fall out for them, and you know they just. But unlike us, they got lucky with the schedule and they're 
playing a Giants team that's in a free fall and that's completely kind of completely lost them. And they, you know, it's not good. Just like, you know, teams who have been playing Texas. Now the Brewers got the early part of that, but since then Texas has been a nightmare of a team and they're out of the playoffs at the moment. So it's, it's just, it's wow. interesting. Interesting. I know it's crazy. Right. And so they had I like also a, probably a 10 game lead in their division at one, like not that long ago. Right. And I, I also think for the Brewers fans, including myself that are kind of panicking, like the Braves are on their way to losing a series to the St. Louis Cardinals at home. You know, they lost last night. They're down 11, six right now. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's not, it's not always easy. And well, the Dodgers are, the Dodgers are starting their playoff choke a little early, potentially. Right. The Dodgers have lost what they lost three out of four to the Braves. They now lost two to the Marlins. So they've, after their hot, hot August, they've lost five out of six and water sometimes finds its level, man. And that's that to your back to the original point about the roller coaster. This is baseball and you just can't, you can't be, I, I know we all want to be emotionally invested. We all want to be Frank to tank, but that's why Frank to tank is sometimes laughed at because it's like, dude, it's one fucking game. It's one of 62. It can't, you can't just invest so much stock in it. And I do think though, Friday with Severino, even though I don't know the Brewers know who they're pitching on Friday, like that's that's one you got kind of got to get just considering how bad Severino has been this season. Yeah, I mean this weekend's critical. I mean the Cubs are a game and a half back now, so it's. Right. Uh, I mean I think I said it last week or maybe the week before about how I'd rather see the situation where they are um, not pulling away at the division, and I'm getting what I wish for because. Cubs aren't really going away and you know, the Brewers have some chances here, but again, like you said, the schedule is kind of weirdly, well, it looks easy. Some of these teams get rolling. I mean, in the Cardinals shit, if they win, win this series against Atlanta, who knows what they will, well, they'll look like. In two oh, weeks. No, no, no. I hope I, I, at some point I would imagine and maybe, and let's hope it is for those two weeks, the Cardinals will pack it in with their guys. Like I know Mason win and, Nolan Gorman will play, but I would imagine that at some point they'll tell Paul Goldschmidt, like, hey, you're good. Arenado, <laughs> hey, you're good. Like, you know, we've seen enough. If you, you know, I'm sure they have bonuses and stuff they need to hit for like home runs and, and games played and all that shit. But I got, I would assume once those clear, you won't be seeing those guys in the last week of the season, maybe in St. Louis, but definitely not in Milwaukee. Hmm. One, one thing, yeah, one, all, oh, go one ahead. can only hope. One can only hope. Yeah. Last thing before we talk about the Badgers, in and this is from Dom Catronio, uh, 2018. Nice. The Brewers, the Brewers, you got his name right. I know. Um, Let's right, go. If we're, <laughs> if we're being honest, I've listened to a lot more radio uh, this summer uh, because what I like to do a lot is because you the Brewers app has now worked for me, is I love taking it out when I'm mowing the lawn. And I'll just listen to the euchre and I'll be mowing the lawn. It's great. It's perfect relaxation. Sound very much like a dad. I realized that. Yeah, I was going to say that's. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. That's a very Wally Waukesha. Oh, yeah. Big time, bud. Um, <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> I'm Bobby Brookfield, damn it. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyways. Wally, Wally Waukesha County. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, so Dom had this. In 2018, the Brewers lost a home series to the Pirates to be two and a half games 
to be two and a half games with 12 to go. They go 10 and two to force a game 163. In 2023, the Brewers lost the road series to the Pirates to be one and a half games up with 23 games to go. Buckle up. Fit. So yeah, I and, mean it's 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 the home stretch here already. Yeah, and I'm I'm just happy I'm gonna be in the in the barn at least for one on uh, two weeks against the Nationals and you know, maybe more. We'll see. So I, I would I would encourage all Brewers fans, there's ample opportunities to go see see your uh see your Brewer crew. I know I know college football is going on, I know the NFL is going on. I know kids are back at school, but you know, if you can find a chance to get out, to see them, uh, support the boys as we uh, get, get to this home stretch. For sure. Uh, all right. We'll finish up with the Badgers. You know, they have a, a tough game. It's a big week two in college football. There's yeah. a lot of good games, man. It's crazy. Uh, the amount of good games there are in week two. I was kind of going through yesterday. I was it's just nuts how many good games we have uh, really throughout the slate. And the Badgers are one of them. Playing Washington State, uh, the team they lost to last year. Uh, they go to Pullman, the Palouse. Uh, and Washington State's likely going to be hungry. You know, they've obviously felt disrespected with the Pac-12 stuff. They beat the Badgers once. They have confidence. They can do it again, even with a new staff. They mollywopped Colorado State and – in terms of wondering, you know, how much pressure does, does this team have? I I don't think they should have much. I understand that they they want to win and they want to be successful and, you know, they want to build something here with Luke Fickle. But I don't see this team as a national contender. Um, I don't see this team as a playoff team. Um, and I'm like, if you lose this game, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah, you'll hear some critics, but it's early September. Seasons aren't won or lost here. It's unfortunate you lose two to Washington State. But at the same time, I don't know if this is going to define your season if you lose. I think if you win, it's a huge like rallying point and stuff like that. And that's cool. But it's, again, sort of that early season mentality of I don't know how much stock I should put into this, considering there's just so many other factors where it might not matter as much as maybe, maybe the diehards think it does. Yeah, I mean, week one against Buffalo was pretty pretty uninspiring. It turns out the excitement did not necessarily match the the level of the team, at least after week. I mean, it it, it felt like kind of a Paul Chris game, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it and it, it's it's gonna take some time, I think, to to rid the stench. But I mean, you know, struggled with kept it was too close and you knew it was kind of oh boy i mean yeah tanner mordecai did not look great mm. i don't know why it's man the wisconsin quarterback thing is is tough and and i'm you know i'm not going to get too hard on the kid but i you know i it, wonder it, it, can he live up to can somebody live up to the hype just once yeah i mean russell wilson's been the only one and i wonder if there is an internal pressure that these guys go through that they know that this has been not a quarterback school and that if you're great, like you are, there are statues that might get built for you. But if you're not, it's like, oh, you're just John Stocko. You're just Jim Sorgi. You know, it's, it's you're just another quarterback in this, in this system. Um, I don't know. Um, I, well, I do and, think. And Graham Mertz might suck, but, you know, he was not good for Florida in his first no. game. 
but I can't help but think, you know, that kid's career probably got ruined by coming to Wisconsin. Right. Yeah, he got a, he had a, a ton of pressure on him. He was this huge recruit out of Kansas. And Bart Houston was another one like that. Remember? I mean, remember how excited people were about Bart Houston uh, coming out yeah. of California? And then he has ACL injuries, and then he finally gets a chance, and he looks good for two days. I think Big Cat of Barstool had, like, a, a Bart Heisman shirt that was printed, and then he sucked the rest of the year. It was bad. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it is a lot. And I do think I do think Phil Longo's system has built quarterbacks. Like, he, you know, was a reason why Sam Howell was a draft pick, and now he's starting for the Carolina – or uh, the Washington Manders. Commanders. And then you have Drake May, who's going to get picked probably second behind uh, Caleb Williams. And so you have that. You do have the pedigree there. It just might take some time. And, you know, I, I do hope if Longo realizes that Mordecai isn't the guy and a guy like Braden Locke, who's their backup redshirt freshman, like if he looks the part, fuck it. Like cut, cut, the, cut it and bail. And you have a game against Rutgers to kind of get your feet wet a couple weeks. Rutgers defensively is pretty solid. But they are, you know, you could probably get by with marginal quarterback play in that game. Like if you really need to open up the quarterback position, do it. Um, and you know, Tanner Mordecai should not have a comfortable cushion. Let's just put it that way with this. And this will be a big moment for him because it's on the road. It's a very tough environment. And how does how does he handle that pressure? Um, that's that's kind of something to definitely pay attention to. It's on ABC, so yep. it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, I mean, well, it's going to be buried buried by Texas, right, Alabama. Right. Everyone's watching their Texas, Alabama, maybe Oregon, Texas Tech. There's a lot of games that's that window. Um, but, yeah, you're it's still like there's going to be there. I was going to just look up like South SMU's schedule football-wise to figure out like if Mordecai played in like a meaningful road game, you know, in the lat, like in terms of level of Washington State. Like Washington State's an underrated kind of like tough place to play. So they played at Maryland, at UCF, at Tulsa, at South Florida, and at Tulane. And when they played tough team, Tulane, they got walloped 59 to 24. I don't know if that's Tanner Mordecai's fault. He threw for 298. But like, these are, yeah, big. When he's played in the big environments, it hasn't exactly gone well, which I think it might make Badger fans a little more nervous. I think also the fact that Washington State put up 50 points and the Badgers didn't get a single sack. Uh, in the yeah. game against Buffalo, that's a slight issue. Now, Cam Ward kind of has a Justin Fields in him where he's a turnover machine. So, you know, if you can take advantage of that. And the, I do think there's enough guys who were on that team last year that can be like, hey, like, we don't want to lose these fucking guys again. And we want to get our revenge. And, you know, I, I do think that that factors in for those who are there and can kind of be the rallying cry for the you know the new the newbies and the grad transfers to kind of make them believe in you know what they're what that's all about. Well, after one week, I'd say they they missed Nick Herbig quite a bit. Oh yeah, and um, you know, again, it's just it, it, they pulled away in the second half, and it's and it ended up being a little bit the score was a little a little more misleading. Yeah. So it but it just it just felt like a Paul Chris game, and I. It's going to take some time, clearly. Yeah. So, um, but so they did think, win, and so do you think that the fans will be comforting to Fickle if they lose? Like, if they lose, like let's say it's twenty-seven to twenty-four, Washington State escapes with like a last-second field goal. Are people, you know, clutching their pearls about a loss in September? 
Close on off. Twitter or, or in real life? Let's just say a, a blend of both. Like you put it in a blender. Uh, you son of a bitch. Sorry, because let's that do Twitter. Would be... Twitter. Let, what would the Twitter reaction be? What's Jim? I don't... Jim Polzine asks, like, how do we feel about this loss, Badger fans? What's the replies look like? Uh, I hopefully nobody calling for him to be fired, but That'd I'm sure great. it'll be. I would. It'll be. That. Um, it'll be. Fickle's not working. Um, you know. Go back to three yards in the cloud of dust. Yeah. Bring back Jim Leonard. OT will hop in with uh oh yeah. You know, <laughs> should have more Wisconsin recruits. Yeah. Or Wisconsin guys on the field. It's that's it shouldn't be this way and yada yada. But I think in real life, like it would be like, well, you know, oh well, Packers start tomorrow. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> and like this is, you know, our over under was eight and a half. We weren't expected to be at the level of like Penn state, Ohio state and, and uh, Michigan. And this like resets the expectations a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, expecting, I've, I've heard someone say that they, that they expect to be five and zero oh. with the Badgers. And it's like, I man, like that's not after, not after what I saw. Well, that, and the fact that, okay, you have a night game in Washington state. And then in two weeks, even though they, they lost, they got their asses kicked, not kicked, but they gave up a ton of points. Purdue, like you have a Friday night game in West Lafayette, like that's that's not an easy environment to go into. You know what I mean? That that's not just like you don't just kind of go into those places and win and expect to win football games. They're gonna be amped up. They're gonna be drunk as shit. Like that's just not that's not easy. That doesn't you don't yeah. can't just like snap your fingers. Like and that's like I think fans sometimes are so short sighted about that. I think we sometimes are as as people to like people thought like oh. Texas Tax is going to go into Wyoming and beat Wyoming. No, they got their, they got beat. They got up early and then just could not do anything. And Wyoming's a weird place to play. And that's just kind of how it goes. Probably a ton of altitude there. And totally. Like the weird brown and yellow uniforms. Yeah. Looks that, like an that awesome. shit would creep me yeah. out. <laughs> Looks like an awesome place to watch football. Uh, real quick, uh, does Colorado go 2-0 and beat Nebraska? Dude, it's it would be. I want Nebraska to win, but it's like, just be just for the fucking hilarity, and for all around hilarity if Nebraska wins. But okay, it's so hard to pick Nebraska though. Oh yeah, I mean they were. I mean they. The only reason to pick Nebraska is because Colorado couldn't stop the run, and TCU kept passing for God knows what reason. And Nebraska actually could run the football, and Jeff Sims can run. Mm-hmm. And that would be the reason to pick Nebraska. I will say that that will that it's in Lincoln, right? No, it's in it's in uh, Boulder. Oh, then Colorado's for sure winning. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no question. I I will set you up. Unfortunately, I will set you up for this. Can you be interested in Colorado ship pumping Nebraska? Everybody getting all fired up about Colorado and even more. Like it get it gets to a new level. People are wondering if Dion's coaching in the NFL and then game day comes for Colorado, Colorado state the following week and they lose <laughs> to their rival Colorado state. I mean, that'd be great. And with know. a look at, cause that the following week you go to Oregon and you have Oregon and USC in the next two weeks. So, and then Colorado's three and three and we're just kind of better two and three and we're back to where, where we probably thought they'd be at the, the beginning of the year. Yeah. That that's probably most likely what what's going to happen. And you know, I don't, 
I don't win hate, five or six games and, and it, it'll be a success, no question. But I don't let's I don't hate Dion either. Down. Like I like I just I think he's you know he's Dion. He's you know I don't that's his I don't hate anyone, but they're you know he doesn't really have a classy bone in his body. And, Ooh, and that's classy. Mitch bringing out the classy term. Wow. That's that's yeah, very, well, very sorry. local I radio mean, of you. It is. But I mean do you have to be such an asshole all the time? It would just would just be my question. It's got to be tiring. I don't know. Um, it's I agree. I I agree. There is there is a little bit of that. I I love like, the look. I know that it's really popular now. That everyone's out to get you. The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs last year, where Travis Kelsey, that, that motherfucker, was yeah. <laughs> was going on after the Super Bowl, hooting and hollering about how everybody doubted him, and it's like, dude, you guys are the best program in. NFL, you know, for sure in the NFL right now. I mean, right. Okay. Sorry. Some people thought you'd finish in second place in your division. Yeah. That doesn't mean that nobody thought you'd be in the Super Bowl. Right. No um, one thought, no one thought you're going to be the fucking Texans this year, dude. Like, yeah, I, I agree that the nobody believes in a stuff gets taken to levels that don't matter. I'm the only thing I hated was this like retroactive, like, oh, we didn't believe in Dion because he came from an HBCU and, all this other shit where I was like, no, that, that has nothing to do with it. That is absolutely not. It's the way he handled it, the way that he brought in all these transfers and just completely reset the deck. It's something we hadn't seen. And so I think, right. and a lot of the older guys don't like it. Like Lee Corso was ready to kill Deion Sanders on game day. Like was very upset about Deion. Um, and Lee Corso is going to die in that stage. And I think that's the way he's going to go. Um, but you know, it's may we're maybe past pasture with Lee, but that's okay. Um, it's part of it. Yeah, you're you're right. I just yeah, imagine being a junior in Colorado last year. Yeah, you sucked, but man. Oh, I mean, like you're, you're probably, saying you're a student? Pro- no, a student athlete, like a yeah. football player that you know, I mean you're probably playing somewhere. Yep. But Dion rode you out of town on the first yep. thing smoking, and I mean I don't know. It's just yeah. No, you're right. It's, I'm not even. I'm, I don't even really care that much about that. I just think it's the, it's just the cocky nature of it. No, I, I get it. I get it. I I don't think it's for everybody. I, I really hey, don't. The media, the media loves it. College football loves it. It is. Yep. Dion is is now he's right there with LeBron, and <laughs> he's right there with he. Seriously, he is. It's he checks all the boxes, dude. Yeah. He checks no, all right. the boxes. He's arrogant. He's a black man that is polarizing and he's good at what he does. There's no question. And that's it, it. The media loves it. They fucking love it yep. because they, they know that, that he's such a polarizing dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And they're going to, and they're going to get Colorado on every big spot possible um, going forward until, until it slows down. Fox's ratings were out of, out of this world for for the game. And you know, I think part of that was the excitement of college football, the curiosity of Dion at the 11 o'clock start. I actually think helped because it's Labor Day and you're like, I don't have plans till later. I'll just watch. Oh, I'll watch Dion's first game there. The curiosity of it all. And now now they now everybody's hooks are in. You saw Bill Simmons talk about it, right? Like Bill Simmons yeah. is a anti-college football guy. We had our friends who are very anti-college football asking us questions about like they were kind of like peeking in like. Oh, his son's the quarterback. It's like, yeah. It's like, and it's like, it's this, it's this. And like, 
So I think there is more buy-in from the casual fan and the media eats it up. And so then you get that casual fan interest, which is exactly what they want. And that's what college football is trying to hope for. So we've talked a lot today. Um, I, I appreciate anything else for the people before, uh, before we wrap. Uh, just got the wedding on my mind and congratulations to Michael and Betsy. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, the festivities. You bet. Absolutely, man. And as I told people, probably no review on Friday, but if, you, if I get drunk enough and uh, the Brewers went on a walk-off or not a walk-off, but they went in, in dramatic fashion, you might find me, find me uh, hemming and hawing and making fun of the Cubs fans there. Cause you know, it's what I, what I'm born to do. <laughs> Absolutely. So, nah, but I won't do that. Congrats, Mike and Betsy, as you said, well put. Um, and yeah, we'll see everybody next week and we'll see just myself uh, for Monday show with, well, back on friday with the betting show um myself and then monday for uh reactions for all of it so we'll uh we'll overreaction monday you bet it's here baby all right we'll see you then take care have a good one peace